Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. This is the show where I sit down with the world's top creatives, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, and I unpack actionable and valuable insights with the goal of helping you live your dreams in career, in hobby, and in life. And that's actually what the show is normally about, but today's episode is anything but normal. You've heard me talk about this before. This is, in fact, a micro show. No guests, just me and something that I'm passionate about conveying to you. All right, today's episode, like many, or actually, let me scratch that, like all micro show episodes, I record these things because I'm trying to put the definitive, my answer to a question that I get asked all the time. So these are like my top These are answers to, say, the top 5, 10, 15 questions that I get asked all the time. So that's why I want you to recognize these episodes as important because they are a direct response to the inbound requests that I get for information in my social feeds, you know, face-to-face when I bump into fans just walking around. And one of these top questions is what I'm going to answer today, and that is, how do you develop a personal style? Now... I'm going to attack this sort of at three different angles. One is what is personal style? Two is why does it matter? Why do you need a personal style? And then three, how in the hell do you find a personal style? I think this is each of these things, uh, each of these questions, uh, I would call them a sub question within the question of how do you get it and develop a personal style. They are useful because actually they're just, they're practical. There's this concept of personal style that's out there fluttering around in the universe. And if you don't actually understand it, you don't know what it's used for and you don't know where to find it. It's easy to say the words personal style, but unless you can put it into practice, it's useless. So that's what I want to get to today. First and foremost, let's go into the what. Now, if you're a creative of any kind, a photographer, designer, writer, it doesn't matter. The next level will only be achievable. And by next level, let's just call it like um, there is this gap between you being able to do stuff, whether it's, again, you're a photographer, designer, musician, you can record beats, you can make a song. But until those things start to be A, repeatable and B, distinctive, you're just kind of bouncing around. You haven't, I would say, you haven't found your way. So these things, this this personal style is critical for that next step. If we're thinking about the what, it's the equivalent of your handwriting. It is your unique aesthetic fingerprints that you unconsciously, this is the part that's important, unconsciously put on everything that you make. It is going to be the thing that sets you apart from everyone else. You know that when you hear a Prince song, you don't even have to hear the guy's voice. You're like two or three measures in, you're like, this is a Prince song. The same is true with, say, Ansel Adams photography, this epic landscape of Yosemite. And like, ah, oh, you can tell from his personal style, that's probably an Ansel Adams. That is so valuable, this, this visual or auditory or whatever signature that you've got. People need to be able to latch onto it. It's very much like a brand. For example, if you see a particular clothing brand, you should be able to, if you're in fashion, likely you'll recognize, ah, I bet this is a fill in the blank. Because there's a history, there's a a recurrence, there is an inventiveness, there's a path and a pattern to that particular line of fashion. The same is true for style. All right, so that's what personal style is. Thing two is why do you develop, why are you preaching at me, Chase? 
to develop a personal style. You might be asking yourself, wait, what if I just, I wanna bounce around and variety is really important to me and I wanna be able to do all kinds of things and not be trapped into even into a creative genre. I, I wanna be able to take pictures and make films and yeah, I totally get it. In each of those things and at your core, you should still have a personal style. And the why, let's go, let's break this down into two reasons. One, if you run around chasing everybody else's style, first of all, you're gonna end up miserable. The reason that you make things, or ultimately I believe that one lands at making as a habit or as a lifestyle, as a career, a hobby, whatever, is expression because it feels good to create and get something out there in the world and it's, an, and it's an expression of yourself. Now, I wanna acknowledge that early on in this craft, you've heard about the 10,000 hours, what you're really doing early on in the process is you're imitating, you're copying, you're saying, ooh, this is someone's work that I admire. How could I make a photograph like them or how could I design a website like them or fill in the blank? But that's actually just honing your ability to move the tools around in a way that you start to master the craft. You've heard about Ira Glass talk about the creative gap. The creative gap is the thing that you see in your mind versus what you can actually create. And over time with craft mastery, that gap gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And what mastery is, is being able to see the thing in your mind and then go out and make it. You can listen to the beats, you know exactly what you want it to sound like, and then you sit down at the drum machine and you make it happen. So if you're spending time on your craft, you're heading toward mastery, but go back to thing one, if you're only copying other people, not on a journey towards finding a personal style, you're ultimately just gonna be copying everybody else. That is not personal expression. That is the expression of all of the other stuff you see in the world. Why not just copy what's trendy? You can always be on style. That is, it is a direct path to burnout. And if you're trying to make a commercial go of your, your um, wares, whatever you make, it's a certain, it's certain demise because if people can't listen, identify, look, see, feel your fingerprints on something, it's like not having a personal brand. It's going to fail you. All right, that's one thing. Number two under why is the most, I would say, valuable, the most well-practiced, the most recognized creatives, they don't get paid for their time. Time is not actually the measure of value. That, you know, t there are so many things in the world, a uh, short order cook, um, maybe a landscaper. At any sort of apprentice level, when you're trading your time for money, that is um, difficult to break free of the typical trappings of a career and hit astronomical heights. The best attorneys in the world even Sure, they have this hourly billing rate, but at some point there's a contingency or there's a, case, a share in the case because they are so extraordinary at their job. Now, I don't want to lose you on the, the lawyer thing, so stick with me. Ultimately, the thing I'm trying to underpin here is that getting paid for your time is not the end goal. That may be one step on the path, but ultimately what you want to do is get paid for your point of view. You do not want to be a monkey with a finger equals photographer. You wanna get paid for your vision because you've taken pictures like X, Y, and Z before, and my God, couldn't you come and do that again for me? Whether that's a portrait of a famous celebrity, a commercial shoot, or getting hired to shoot a wedding. I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. 
the way that you have unlimited upside as a creator is to create and embed value in the things that you create, not to get paid for your time. There's nothing wrong with getting paid for your time. Let's be crystal clear. But if you want to get high dollar gigs, you need to bring a specific and valuable point of view to the table. When you become the guy or the girl who can actually create your style over and over and over again, better than other people on the planet, you will then be distinctive. And it's when you're distinctive that you will be on a path to getting paid for a, on a different paradigm than you otherwise would. It's, it's escaping that sort of exchanging time for value. So again, we're still in the why develop a personal style. There's another thing that's uh, around recognition and brand building. And this is, I think, a critical piece of understanding personal style. How to, how to attack this best. Sagmeister, in, um, if you saw the 30 Days of Genius series, and if you haven't, dear God, go sign up for that thing. You'll get 30 amazing interviews in your inbox every day for 30 days. No, you get one, one interview in your inbox every day for 30 days from some of the world's top experts that are all on this podcast. Um, so when I was speaking to Stefan Sagmeister, the, the famous designer, we brought up this cat called Edward De Bono. Now, De Bono's point of view was really helpful for creatives. And that's if you're trying to design something, let's just say if you're trying to design a tennis shoe, what can you do to bring another object into consideration? Let's just say a two liter or a glass bottle of gin. How can you create a tennis shoe with the glass bottle of gin as the inspiration? What you end up doing is this is a vehicle for understanding what personal style is. In this case, you're using the the shape, maybe the corners, the glass, the transparency. You're using all those things to inform the tennis shoe. Where personal style lays in is if you can do the same thing, doesn't matter what you're creating, if you're creating music, if you're creating a photograph, if you're creating a painting or designing a product, your personal style should ultimately translate into something where whatever the outcome is, whatever the media that you're working in, you can tell that's a Chase Jarvis or that's a fill in the blank. That's a your name. And you know, what are, what are those characteristics? For me, it's very much about a style and an energy. I do do a lot of very reductive things. In some cases I use black and white to approach a reductive state. Other times it's just a very singular figure um, or a, a, just a very simple focus of a photograph. I could go on and on, but I think you get my point. This is the why. It's critical to develop it if you want to break through to the next level. Now, let's go on to number three. Number three is the how. This is the tactical how do you find your personal style. And I'm telling you, I'm going to cut to the chase right now. Bum, bum, ch, ha, ha. You're not going to like the answer because the answer takes time. Time and most of y'all, not most, most of y'all. That's an over overgeneralization. So many people in this day and age are looking for the shortcut. I'm here to tell you that there really are very few shortcuts. You need to sink in the time. But the beautiful thing is the time is just spent making. The best way to find your personal style is to make as much shit as you can in at some regular cadence, as ideally as fast as you can because it's actually in the making that you gravitate to a style. Now, this is gonna be controversial. I believe that you can't actually force your personal style to come out. I know, it's crazy, right? You think you could train to be like, fill in the blank, your favorite artist. 
Sure, you can, but that's them. What you need to be doing to develop your personal style is what has informed who you are, what is inside here. That's the thing you want to get out of you and onto the page because it's the unique point of view from the life that you and you alone have lived that will help your work stand out. And how do you know what that style is if you're just sitting around thinking about it? That's not how you come across this. You come across it through the process of making. Now, the thing that is annoying to people is that this takes time. And one of the reasons that I'm an advocate of doing and making rather than pontificating and sitting around and thinking about it is because the faster and the sooner you start doing shit and making stuff, the sooner you will realize that if left to your own devices, you will gravitate to a personal style. Sure, you should be sampling. Again, if you steal from only one artist, that's specifically ripping off that artist. That's copying. If you sample from pop culture broadly, that's called research. Don't spend too much time looking at everybody else. It's like, oh, I like this color palette. I like these ideas. But how do you then look inside and say, what is the thing that makes my point of view here unique? Don't overthink it just make it. And then once you've made one thing, make 10 things. When you've made 10 things, make 100 things. And then when you get to 100, you look back at your stuff. Pretty soon, it doesn't matter if you sit down to create a portrait or you sit down to shoot a landscape or you sit down to design a website, you start to feel your style. And if you put 20 of these things on the wall, mix your stuff mixed in with someone else, the, the litmus test is that someone should be able to walk in and pick your 10 things out of a list of a bunch of, of say, a hundred. Again, your POV may not be what you expect or even what you want it to be. You might have thought you were going to be a dude who's really super clean with your typography or a woman who's extraordinary with your brushstrokes. And then after you've made a hundred things, you realize, you know, that's just not your thing. What your thing is, is fast sketches, heavy lines, um, clear point of view, um, you, you get what I'm taking. No, you, you, I don't want I feel like I'm overdoing it a little bit here. What I want you to do is I want you to get comfortable with this. I want you to embrace this. I want you to focus on finding your personal style almost at the exclusion of everything else. That's how important personal style is. Now, it's my job at the end of these episodes to put a little bow on it. Before we wrap up, ultimately, I want you to focus on the making. To call it specialization might be a little bit of a misnomer because I don't think you actually have to specialize in only, say, black and white portraiture. I do want you to do a lot of things. I want you to experiment. But when you experiment in those things, you need to make a ton of stuff in that genre such that you can pick your stuff out of someone or someone else could pick your stuff out of it. And what the focus is then again on the making. It might sound scary, like, oh my God, I'm getting too narrowly focused. I can't, I don't have any range. That might actually be your thing. The thing that you might discover about yourself is you have mad range. But if you can't, if someone else can't identify that is yours, you are going to be further away than you want to be from landing those high paying gigs, having people recognize your photographs, having people recognize what your songs sound like. Now, all this must be asterisk <laughs> with this important things. You cannot be all things to all people. If you try, you will be 
not only invaluable to yourself, your making won't serve its highest order need to, to express yourself as a human, but you will also be miserable trying to make other people happy. Honestly, if and, and if you're just chasing 58 different styles, you're never going to get good enough at any one of them to be recognized. What I encourage people to do is focus on making the thing. That, what is your hobby? What is the thing that you love in the world? Focus on that. Repeat make, ship, you know, create, share, sustain, get feedback, make again. You know that loop. You've heard me talk about that before. Ironically, after this 10,000 hours or maybe a shortcut it to 7,500 hours, not only should you, with this point of view, have a personal style, but you should also have tapped into mastery. Now, this is some advanced shit. I don't want to confuse what we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes with what I'm about to say, but it is the act of mastering one thing that will actually allow you to tap into mastering many things. Cats like Tim Ferriss, who's been on this show a number of times, what he's broken down is the act of learning. When you learn uh, one thing to a level that few other people in your circle have achieved, you have ultimately distilled what the most important pieces to that learning path have been, and then you can apply that to mastering new topics. I don't want to put the car before the horse because right now it sounds to me like you need to get to work on your personal style. You might think that specialization is going to limit your options, but it's actually just the opposite. People will fight over you and your work and your style and your specialized skills if you can have your voice. Speak with your voice. Now, I'm not asking you to lock yourself away like a monk, but I think you get the message. I love you guys deeply. I hope this has been helpful. To me, this is a critical thing that it's always missed. People run around just ad infinitum, copying everything else with no focus. It's going to be very hard. To, I, I always say this. You've watched my Snapchat. I'm just at Chase Jarvis on Snapchat, Instagram stories. I do a little series. Anytime I get my hair cut with my man, Mitch, I sit down and I say, Mitch, do you have a plan today? How are you going to cut my hair? He says, of course, Chase. You never start out doing something without a plan. And that's what I'm asking you to do today. Have a plan on how you're going to create your personal style. And once you have that style, I think the world will unlock itself for you. All right, then. This has been a micro show. I hope you find this valuable. Please hit me up with some comments on the socials. You know how to find me. I'm at Chase Jarvis on all things internet. I love you very deeply. I hope you have an amazing week. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say, A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this. Also, uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice, please leave a review on iTunes. That helps make our podcast more visible. Last place that you can check it out and, and get some additional value is in my newsletter, which is chasejarvis.com slash VIP. That is where I put content out before it hits my social platforms. So that's sort of the insider track. Leave comments all over the internet for me. I will track them down and respond as best I can. And uh, again, huge thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. I hope you'll join me next time.